6,937 days. You got to go all the way back to October 5th, 2004. That was the last time the Twins had won a playoff game until today, that is. What's up? What's up? Back in the lab. Back at it. Another Minnesota Twins postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's Brandon Warren, host of the Lockdown Twins podcast. Go follow him on X at Brandon underscore Warren. And Brandon... Before we jump into all the action from Twins Blue Jays Game 1, let me remind everyone this postcast episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on and get the free water bottle with any purchase. Use promo code locked on. That's right. Any order, no matter the size, Bird Dogs is giving you a free water bottle with the promo code locked on. Don't miss this offer because you won't want to take off your Bird Dogs. I promise you. All right, brother. Holy smokes, man. Let's just jump right into it. Twins kick off game one at Target Field versus the Blue Jays. And a team coming in, I think, on paper just has an awfully scary lineup. Not to mention one of the toughest starting pitchers you could draw with Kevin Gossman taking on Pablo Lopez. Two absolute studs here squaring off. In fact, pulled this fun fact up. This was the first time since 2011 that the top two strikeout leaders faced off in round one of the playoffs. Last time that happened was CC Sabathia versus Justin Verlander in the ALCS. The A topic, though, without a doubt, you already know what I'm going to say here, Brandon. Royce Lewis, OMG, the guy who, I mean, let's look at the clock here. Less than 24 hours ago, we didn't even know if he'd be able to go, if he'd get the green light with that tight hammy. He starts the game with the two-run home run. If that wasn't enough, though, he comes back and hits a second bomb in the third inning and gives the Tweens a 3-0 lead. Check this out. This is from Dan Hayes of The Athletic. Royce Lewis is the third player in MLB history to homer in his first two playoff plate appearances along with Evan Longoria and Gary Gaetti. Shout out Gary Gaetti, former Twins player of that 91 World Series team. I don't know why. I just feel like that might be a good <laughs> omen. I just feel it. Um, yep. I've talked long enough here. Let me hand it over to you. I've laid out three big topics here to start. Start wherever you want. Twins snap the streak, Royce Lewis domination, or Pablo Lopez allowing just one run versus that lineup. Uh, how are you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. I was 18 the last time the Twins had won a playoff game, and I'm decidedly no longer that age. So it's it's good. Uh, it honestly just – everything came together perfectly. Royce Lewis basically rising up from the ashes to provide all three runs – and you had Carlos Correa doing what he did all season long, which was affect the game in ways other than with the bat. Um, Pablo was exceptional. Not as much swing and miss stuff as you might have expected, but defense picked him up, picked up Louis Varlin, picked up everybody. And uh, Michael A. Taylor is kind of like the low-key star of the game. But, um, yeah, outside of Royce Lewis, not a lot going on offensively for the Twins. But at the end of the game, they don't ask you – who did it? They got to ask you how many has scored and it was enough today. Yeah, this is so exciting for me and so many twins fans, but for a guy like you, who's covered the team for so long, you've been in the dugout, you've been in the locker room interviewing these guys for years. It's got to be even sweeter for you watching them take game one and just finally get that insanely large monkey off their back. Now it's like, okay, we know we can go do it. Now let's just go play our game. A game that really we've watched them become the hottest team in baseball in September. So clearly all the momentum on their side. Um, you heard all the players this week when talking to the media say, hey, listen, we weren't around for any of those teams. This losing streak, like th th that's not us anymore. This doesn't affect us, right? But just the sheer fact they were asked about it so much and the fact that 
you know, there's been so much made nationally at this point, even not just in the state, but nationally about this playoff losing streak in all of sports history, by the way. If you if you had to guess, do you think it played some sort of factor or does that get into your head at all? Or do you think it's just nope, clean slate? We're just going out game one. This is us. I think it matters different levels to different types of people. The players obviously know that they're not complicit or involved with every single game. But I think they did a better job this time saying, listen, we understand why this weighs on fans. In 2019, Rocco's first year, the Twins had the you know the Bomba squad and all that stuff. And a lot of the players were like, you know, we're just trying to be ourselves. We don't care about that streak. We don't think about the streak. And even if they were being honest, it, I think it came across as kind of hollow. This time around, you've got Kyle Farmer saying, we're going to go out there and we're going to get you that win and, and more. And I just think there was a, it was a different strategy to approach it in a similar way where, you know, it's going to weigh more on the fans because, I mean, Royce Lewis, the last time the Twins had won a playoff game was five. So, I mean, you know, how much <laughs> how much mental space can he devote to that as a five-year-old kid living two time zones away? You know, so I think they did a good job of kind of balancing the fact that it's fan expectations, it's fan angst, but at the end of the day, it's the players who provide the results and flip the script, put that one in that left column. So I think they did a good job of navigating that path I think it's a pretty narrow and tricky one to navigate, but I think they did a good job. You know, it's so funny how baseball works. We were so geared up mentally for either the Astros or the Mariners yep. for like the longest yep. time. And then go figure, it takes all 162 games. And on the final regular season day, Blue Jays end up sliding into that spot. I know they're up the critical game one now, but tell me about the Blue Jays a little bit. Strengths, weaknesses, how they got here, what their identity is as a ball club. Matching up specifically, though, versus a team like the Twins. What do you think? They're excessively consistent. You look at their numbers month by month, first half, second half, starter, reliever, and it's just it's very, very consistent. It's a it's a starting staff that uh, keeps you in ball games. It's a bullpen that's good enough to get you where you're going. Uh, the offense didn't have as much power as I think a lot of Blue Jays fans had hoped for previously, and that was again the case here with just uh, just one run. So I look at the offense and I expect more, but at the same time. You know, I know Dalton Varsho had a tough year. George Springer didn't have a great year and uh, and that sort of thing. So it's a solid team. And honestly, I think it goes to show that the gap between the AL Central and the rest of the league, uh, at least at the top, wasn't as big as maybe we had been led to believe by other people. You know, the Twins played the schedule they played, but they took care of business. And don't be surprised when a team that takes care of business in the regular season continues to do it into the postseason. And I hope that's the case for a very, very long time this fall, but so far so good. I think the twins did a nice job and I think they match up pretty well. I'm curious to see, you know, it's going to be all right-handed pitchers, no matter how many games they play for the, uh, the blue Jays and Jose Barrios is up next. Wouldn't it be something if Jose Barrios was the opposing starting pitcher, the day that the twins win their first playoff series in uh even longer than uh than 19 years dude yeah to that point so many like six degrees of separation going on with this team it still trips me out because like i i was such a diehard baseball fan when i was a kid that was like mid to late 90s so i literally grew up watching and like collecting the baseball cards of dante bachette craig biggio vlad guerrero now i see their kids in the lineup and it's, it's just so wild that they have all three of those guys too and you mentioned george springer as well on paper it looks like a mini murderer's row of hitting potential. But like you said, that just hasn't been the case always this year with some underwhelming performances at the plate. So you never know when they're going to get 
hot. But right now, out of all the teams the Twins could have faced, would you say this was maybe a blessing in disguise? Or did that game one with Gossman today spook you out a little bit too much for your liking coming in? It's hard to say because I looked at the Gaussman numbers and the Twins have crushed Gaussman his entire career. And I'm really skeptical of those kinds of numbers because they include Gaussman pitching for the, the Baltimore Orioles back in 2014. I mean, there's no common thread between the team he's on now, the team the Twins are right now, players, etc. So with that said, though, I know that the Twins have done a good job. And A-Rod did a good job breaking down how if a splitter is down in the zone, you just let it go. Mm-hmm. You really force him to bring it up. And at that point, if he leaves it up, it's it's eminently hittable. And he's a two-pitch pitcher. So you can eliminate that pitch. And the Twins looked really comfortable. So would I say it's a blessing in disguise? I don't know. Because I think to exercise your demons, you got to face them head on. It's It doesn't make sense to say, I would rather not face the Astros because they beat us or the Yankees. I think you have to face them head on. But at the same time, I don't think it hurts at all that the rest of the AL, for the most part, had to run hot all the way through 162 while the Twins have kind of been chilling here for the last 10 days or so. No, a lot of good points there. Uh, Pablo Lopez, rock solid. You mentioned it, had some great defense. Maybe not his A-plus stuff today. Three strikeouts, that's it. We're used to eight, nine, getting into double digits. Yep. But all things considering, rock solid versus this lineup. He goes five and two-thirds on 93 pitches, giving up just one earned, which is obviously most important at the end of the day. Now that the dust has settled, Twins are in, Marlins are in. Did the Luis Arise trade actually come out to be a win-win in the end? Because the first two months of the season, man, some people were pulling their hair out. I'll just say that. Yeah. You know, it, it's a wash. And the fact the Twins got not only Lopez, but a couple of prospects to kind of dream on. Yeah. You know, you NFL draft guy, you love those guys who are working their way up. For you know, sure. The, so so it, it, I thought a straight up trade would have been just fine with me to get a couple of prospects is good. Luis Arise is great at what he does. Um but the Twins had a lot of infielders. They still have a lot of infielders, and so they made a trade, a good baseball trade, a challenge trade, and both sides, I think, are happy with where it's gone. Uh, the Marlins had a lot of young pitching coming up. Uh, Sandy Alcantara took a, a step back after winning the side last year, so maybe they wish they had more pitching at a time right now where the Twins had wished they had more hitting to start the season. So, again, we just have to remember that when we're gauging or trying to analyze baseball, and I'm sure it applies to other sports as well, where you're at in that moment is just a snapshot in time. And in some sports, that snapshot matters more than others. In baseball, it's probably the one that matters the least. Dude, you mentioned maybe going head-to-head with Jose Barrios to finally advance, right, in Game 2 for the first time since 2002. Can you imagine Marlins Twins World Series? with those two squaring off in the first inning of game seven or something insane like that, talking about Pablo yep. Lopez versus Luis Rice. I know I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'd but be game for that, though. I dude, would. it's just like, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's like, now that the streak is snapped, I, I feel like Kevin Garnett right now, dude. Like, yep. anything is Like This one's for soda. <laughs> yeah, dude. Literally. Um, yeah, figuratively and literally, actually. I, I want to talk about more about Royce Lewis and then what game two is going to look like. But first, yep. quick reminder here. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs because all the best teams in baseball have that one great utility man that can do it all. Well, Bird Dogs is the utility man in your wardrobe lineup, whether you're on a date, working on the yard, or just lounging on the couch watching us. Bird Dogs is the do-it-all apparel with the versatility to give you that comfort you need combined with the look you want to feel good when you're out and about. Bird Dogs are without a doubt the best fitting short and pants you can find for the money, better than Lululemon and every other brand on the market. 
It's the inseam liner that does it for me, Brandon. They keep me cool and dry in all the, all the best places. Combine that with the cloud knit fabric that gives you the look of khaki, but with the feel of the best athletic gym apparel imaginable. Add uh -huh. these to your collection today, and when you do, check this out. Bird Dogs is going to give you a free water bottle with any purchase. That's right. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on, or just use the promo code locked on for your free water bottle. It's as easy as that. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on or promo code locked on when you're checking out for your free water bottle with any purchase. Plug these into your closet lineup and get the utility, man. Your closet has desperately needed birddogs.com slash locked on. You're not going to want to take these off. I can promise you that. All right, man, moving on here. I know we already talked about it, but I just feel like we need to spend one more minute on Royce Lewis because the dude is like playing with magic right now. It feels like when he hit that two run bomb, uh, you could hear target field all the way in Bemidji, man. That's how loud that place was. I know we touched on it at the top, but try to find some words here to describe one last time how special, how magical this guy is for this lineup, especially just going into this first game with so much pressure with the losing streak, obviously. But without him and the three RBIs, I mean, who's getting who? This game looks a lot different. So, like, you're the baseball guru. You tell me, did we just witness history before our very eyes? And how good could this guy still get to? Like, where's the ceiling now that you've seen him both in the regular season and now do it in the postseason as well? Yeah, you hope the best is yet to come. And I, I was on another show... Oh, it was earlier today. And I just said, like, I feel like whenever something good happens, Lewis is there. He's he's either the reason for it or he's privy party to it, you know, like an assist on a goal in hockey or, or whatever. There, he's, he's there somewhere in the vicinity. And I feel like, um, you know, he's not Derek Jeter, certainly not yet. Maybe someday. Who knows? It's obviously going to be a tough thing to do. But I feel like there are certain players who have that magnet within them that draw the attention, that draw the moment to them. And, you know, I know it's narrative. It's not necessarily statistically inclined. But what you see is is what you're going to believe. And right now I believe that Royce Lewis is, um, you know, <laughs> he was sent from above to <laughs> save us from a, a historical uh. losing streak. And now uh, now the sky's the limit. And the, the funnest part of it is dreaming. You know, you spend sure. the whole season fretting and you're going to spend whatever happens after if they uh, after the season's over, you'll re you'll reminisce and you whatever in the moment, like the anticipation, I think, is the best. It's like a mix of anxiety and jubilation into uh, a cocktail or something you just can't put into words. Yeah. And right now you're like you're it's like you're trying to live in a world where um, the twins haven't lost the series but haven't started it yet either you're trying to kind of live in that moment and so what i feel like is uh royce lewis is the it guy on this team and the fact that he was so uncertain he was going to play 24 hours ago or at least that's the possum that he played on the uh, uh on the interviews and all that that showed up uh what a talent what a player what a person you just you can't say enough about him Dude, the young talent in Minnesota right now, not just young talent, superstar blue chip talent, JJ yep. for the Vikes, Kirill the Thrill for the Wild, obviously Royce Lewis and what he did today, and then uh, Anthony Edwards. I mean, to cap yeah. it all off, are you kidding me, man? Murderers yep. row right there. Oh, word on the street too, by the way. That was the loudest target field has ever been between the Royce Lewis home runs and then just closing things out in the ninth inning. So absolutely electric. Well done to all the fans that were in attendance. Uh, 
real quick, talk to me about the butterfly effect of him playing DH. Polanco moves to third. Clearly, maybe not the most comfortable over there, early on at least. Not one, but two errors on the day. Luckily, Carlos Correa bails him out on one of them, gunning down Bichette at home plate to end the fourth inning. That was huge. How confident are you in Polanco at the corner moving forward, I guess? Like, do you think he got the, the bad juju out of his system now, or does that get in your head moving forward and stay with you as a player, you think? If there was a player, I think that could shake it. I think he'd be pretty high on that list, but that error against the Astros in 2020 still kind of looms mm. in your subconscious. And so, mm. I mean, he's as good as his next play or his misplay. And I think he's going to be at third for however long the twins play this series. They'll reevaluate assuming they can move on knock on wood, but um, the twins will be happy to have Lewis back at third Polanco back at second and Julian DHing. But yeah, I think the butterfly effect too applies to the fact that they just knew there was no way they could have Byron Buxton on the roster because his mm -hmm. DH isn't there for him. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's funny though. You like uh, you open one pathway and close another and vice versa. And it's fun to think about and you can never prove anything, but man, uh, if Royce Lewis, yeah, like you said, does not show up today, rip roaring and ready to go. Uh, maybe the twins lose. Maybe they're still playing. Maybe someone else steps up, but that's a lot of ifs. Yeah, no doubt. A lot of good points there. Talk to me about the bullpen real quick, the job those no. guys did. Varlin, Thielbard, Griffin Jacks, Johan Duran to close out. How would you assess their performance tonight? How do you feel? Incredible. I mean, uh, strikes after strikes after strikes. Uh, that's really all you asked for from your bullpen in general. Uh, some, again, great defensive plays, kind of picking up some of the guys in spots they needed it. But I've been banging the drum for this bullpen going into the postseason for a while now. It's just the way it's set up with the guys who didn't make the rotation filling in and guys like Duran and Jacks kind of pitching those traditional roles. They have a lot of options right now to where it wasn't devastating that Pablo didn't get through six for them. So again, hats off to them. Um, hats off to the, if we're honest, hats off to the bullpen of the Blue Jays too. They didn't give up anything either. Yeah, that's true, so, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, you lose sight of the fact that, um, you know, the losing team can have some good things happening too, but not enough to win. And that's all we care about. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, before we look ahead to game two tomorrow, who is your unsung hero today? Because obviously Royce Lewis is like the MVP. That's kind of easy. That's a given. Yeah. You mentioned Pablo not pitching an A-plus stuff today. I think Michael A. Taylor, man, Robin, not one but two balls in center field really was spectacular. And he's been doing that really all year long, hasn't he, filling in for Byron Buxton? That's my guy. Who's your unsung hero tonight? Yeah, I mean, if I can't take him, uh, then, you know, maybe uh, Jax really bouncing back. He's had so many of those, like, here we go again, you know, the double by Vlad Jr. You're thinking, oh, man, right. this offense is waking up. Jax is going to get bleeders and bloops and home and big, uh, big hits like that. Besides, it just kind of felt like a little tiny bit of here we go again. But you know right. what? Locked it in, got two strikeouts, got out of the inning. And uh, Vladdy Jr. was still standing at second when it ended. Jax is all fired up. It's what you love to see. All right, before we wrap up, game two tomorrow, same time, same place, Sonny Gray on the mound. How good are you feeling about everything that's transpired now in game one, knowing you got a potential Cy Young vote getter out there on the mound coming up tomorrow? Yeah, no question about it. I mean, they said that on the broadcast, too. It's, it's pretty indicative of where this Twins team is at, pitching-wise, that the guy starting game two will probably finish number two in Cy Young balloting. But – um, twins like this matchup one way or another for some reason, and it worked out. So with Sonny, I mean, it's it's never pretty just because he's not a huge strikeout guy, huge velo guy. If 
but he just knows how to pitch that front door two seam fastball, um, the curveball. He's he's kept the ball in the ballpark, which again is going to be huge. If you can keep the ball in the ballpark in October, you have a good chance to keep advancing. I like their chances tomorrow. Of course, I'm going to say that, but um, man, that, that high after a win in the playoffs, it feels so much different after. Uh, I don't know years. what to do with my hands, Brandon. I don't know. I, I I'm so confused, man. Um, We're two days away from 19 years, literally. Like that's how. Yeah, that's crazy, got. man. October 5th. No, you're absolutely yep. right. Yep. Um, explain to me like I'm five because you're the baseball guru here. Is Pablo and Sonny the best one, two punch in the playoffs or who else is up there? I'm just curious. Uh, I don't know if I would say it's the best one. Okay. But is it's it in the, the it's mix? In the, it's in the conversation. The problem is there's so much fluidity. Like Milwaukee, sure. they have had Brandon Woodruff and he got hurt. Um, you know, Dodgers have Kershaw, but they're short a couple guys, uh, Bueller, et cetera. So I would say it's in the conversation. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of running through my Rolodex. Uh, you know, Strider has struggled. Yeah. They're in the conversation, if not outright possibly it Zach Gallen for the diamondbacks is good, but he's not starting game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll take, I'll take, if you're going to go game one and two starters, yeah, yeah. I'm taking the twins. I'll take yeah. the twins. Although it's close because the blue Jays, I mean, one, two, three, right. Chris Bassett, maybe not even making a start. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's wild. in that upper tier though, that first tier, which is to have that combo, man is awfully exciting. Come playoff time. A- yeah. Any lineup changes or anything you're thinking about that you could see Rocco switch up for tomorrow's game, or if they were to advance knock on wood, of course, um, yeah. after what you saw from today, nothing particularly. Uh, I thought maybe Willie Castro would have started in center just from an offensive standpoint, but you know, we saw very clearly that Michael A. Taylor was the right guy for the job today. So I think it's going to be much of the same. Maybe Christian Vasquez catching because I don't know that Jeffers is going to be the everyday guy there. They did go out and get Vasquez for a reason. But um, beyond that, no, I think it's going to be surprisingly pretty steady. It's another righty and it's going to be another righty if there's a game three. Um, so I think we're going to be, you know, uh, control A, control C, control V. Copy it up. Love that. All right, Twins fans. Gorp. Go pour yourself a drink after tonight. You deserve it. Longest playoff losing streak in American sports history officially snapped. Thanks to Royce. Twins beat the Blue Jays, baby. Three to one. Huge shout out to everyone that joined us on tonight's postcast. Much, much appreciated. And another reminder, we're going to be here every single playoff game from here on out. Brandon's going to be side by side helping us break down all the action. That's your reminder. Go check out Brandon every day. Let's hope. Let's go, baby. Come on, baby. Every day on the Lockdown Twins podcast, he's pumping out everything you need to know as the Twins try and advance into the postseason for the first time since 2002. That'll do it for us. Follow us on X at Luke underscore Spinman and at Brandon underscore Warren. And go follow all our work over at the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network and the Lockdown Twins podcast. Twins game, win game one, and look to close it out tomorrow with Sonny Gray on the mound. First pitch, 3.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Until then... He's Brandon Warren. I'm Luke Inman, signing out.